broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. What is up, everyone? It is C.W. Hall. Thank you for checking out the Midtown Business Radio show. I am excited about this episode. We're starting a monthly series with the Cobb County Chamber of Commerce. So each month, we're going to be hearing from folks on the leadership team at Cobb County Chamber of Commerce talking about things they've got going on. They've got a number of big events coming up in the near future that you're going to want to check out as we get into the show today. It is so cool to be helping fulfill our mission of serving the business community by collaborating with the Chamber of Commerce. And on this first episode that we're doing with them, we had the opportunity to feature several very cool entrepreneurs doing some interesting things in Cobb County to serve the business community with their respective solutions and products. Our episodes with the Cobb County Chamber of Commerce are made possible in part by Life University, who's hosting the Life Talks World Congress event coming up May 12th and 13th. And if you're interested in improving yourself and changing the experience that you have interacting with the folks in your personal life as well as in your professional life, you're going to want to go check that out. They've got a number of well-known subject matter experts talking about things around professional relationships, personal relationships, and how you can improve on your your life. You're going to want to get signed up for that at lifetalks.org. The show has a full slate today, so we'll get right to it. We're catching up with Ashley Warner. She's the advanced manager over at the Cobb County Chamber of Commerce. It was great getting to meet her. So let's get right down to it. Good morning, everyone. It is C.W. Hall. Thank you for joining us on the Midtown Business Radio Show. I'm really excited about today. We are launching into a partnership with the Cobb County Chamber of Commerce. We're going to be featuring them and members of the chamber and folks that are doing business in Cobb County um, that the chamber would like to highlight and bring to light so that you can interact with their business, hopefully help them grow along the way. And a few I guess a few months ago now, I actually stopped by the chamber, said hello, got to meet Amy Selby over there and uh, said, hey, you know, we need to partner up. We need to have you all on the show. Talk about some of the things that are going on in Cobb County. Lots of exciting developments there, obviously, many of which are in the news. And today I've got from the Cobb County Chamber events manager, Ashley Warner. Good morning. Thanks for taking some time. We've got a full studio today. Lots of folks to introduce us to. And we'll go around the room real quickly and we'll come back and talk a little bit about what's going on at the Cobb County Chamber. So, Jeff, why don't we start with you? Just give us your your name and who you're with and what you're all about real quick. Sure. Uh, My name is Jeff Curtis. I'm with OfficeZilla and we are an office supply company. The easiest way to think about it is if you're familiar with Staples or Office Depot, it's essentially what we do. We just do it a lot better and and (laughs) provide a much more personalized, customized solution for our customers. Awesome. I'm Erin Zweigart, and I'm with Georgia Crafted. We specialize in curating Georgia-made products, and we take those products and package them into gift boxes. We're basically giving both individuals and companies a whole new way to shop local here in Georgia. So it was somewhat through that that our next guest, you became (laughs) familiar with each other because they're a Georgia-produced product. It's really cool, their story. So introduce yourselves. Hello, my name is Hunter Talley Johnson. I'm the brand ambassador for Sinclair's Incorporated. Sinclair's is an all-natural, all-purpose sauce, which now we became the expansion for manufacturer's R&D program, which is research and development. And pretty much what we do is we give them solutions, which is more like more tools in the toolbox. So when they go and talk to their Chick-fil-A's and Zaxby's, they have more sauces to pretty much 
propose to the different fast food restaurants. And not only not only are you the brand ambassador, but you're also still a high school student here yeah. locally. I'm a junior at Shambly Charter High School. Shout out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy to have you here. Hi, I'm Beth Summers. I'm the director of corporate sales for a company called Rome, R-O-A-M, not to be confused with Rome, Georgia. <laughs> We are a very unique company. Um, we are partnering in stories of accomplished dreams with businesses. And what that means is that we have created an environment where people can focus, collaborate, socialize, and learn um, by using our space as a co-working facility where entrepreneurs work out of and a meeting facility. So we have a two-purpose business. Um, I sell the meeting space to different corporations that have a need to go off-site out of their company office to have an off-site meeting. And I know that that type of business space is really valuable to that startup company, the small business that's just trying to get started. And yes, exactly. Need a space that's professional and looks great to have meetings and operate out yes, of. But... a place where people can get inspired and um, collaborate and not pay so much money for the overhead, which is really, really cool. I'm pleased to have you here. Thank so, you. Ashley, so w talk a little bit about how you came to be a part of the chamber. I, what was your background leading up to being here with the chamber? Interestingly enough, my background has nothing to do with business. I was a dancer my whole life and lived in New York dancing and ended up working for a family to actually earn some money. Mm -hmm. And, um, <laughs> Worked with them in their office. And then when it was time for me to move back to Cobb County, I reached out to someone who was an ambassador for the chamber. And she told me about this wonderful opportunity, a position that they had uh, managing events because she knows I don't like to sit still very often. So it was a perfect match for me that, um, to meet interesting people and to, to host these wonderful events that we have at the chamber. And that's a, an important role, obviously, with the Chamber of Commerce. One of the big things that if you look around at the various chambers for the various cities uh, in the metro Atlanta area, a lot of what they do is all about that, putting together events where different business leaders and entrepreneurs can come together, meet each other. Obviously, many of them are B2B, so they need to meet other business leaders to, to do what they need to do. So it's no small task to put those together. Do you have some events coming up that the Chamber wants folks to know about? We sure do. Um, a great place to get started on building your next successful business partnership is at our Business Expo with Summer Jam. The event is coming up on May 19th, and we're reserving booths right now. They are selling out quickly, so I recommend you going to our website to reserve yours. Um, we have another one, too, coming up that's really unique to our chamber. We really value our partnership with Dobbins Air Reserve Base. So we have an event coming up called Dobbins After Hours. And it's one of the few opportunities where Dobbins opens its gates to the public. It's completely free. But due to the security restrictions, we do require you to pre-register online. And that event is coming up on April 27th. And the chamber has a, a web a web page on their site at the cobchamber.org with calendars on it where you can look at all of these types of events. Now, some of the events, from what I understand, you can only attend if you're a member of the chamber, but there are some that are open, I guess, to uh, members of the business community in Cobb County, whether they're members yet or not. Correct. Um, our business expo is completely free. Anyone can attend. And it is a unique partnership with the local business associations of Cobb. So we like to get everyone involved in as much exposure as possible. Um, and all of our after hours events are um, open to the public, but at a fee, but they're mm -hmm. free for our members. Mm -hmm. Other events, such as our first Monday breakfast series, um, you can attend free if you're Chairman's Club. 
And there's a right to pay if you're a chamber member and a, a rate as well to, to attend as a guest. And it's a great way to get a look at the membership at different levels and hear from different speakers each month. Um, the April focus is on innovative technology. And we're featuring some hot tech companies that are new to Cobb or some of them aren't new, but they've chose to move their business there, such as Comcast, the Home Depot and Emphasis. So it should be a really innovative and interesting uh, topic of discussion. So when you look at the event like the Expo coming up, that's going to be at Dobbins, um, what what all can they expect to be there? You mentioned there's going to be exhibitors there. What all types of things will they be able to to get access to there? At our Expo, you'll meet all the business associations as well as many local business um businesses in the area. That one's at the Cobb Galleria Center. We also feature many local restaurants and caterers. So mm. come hungry. Um, <laughs> um, and differently to that, the Dobbins after hours, um, ah. you will get to go uh, on base and you'll see all of the aircraft that these people use, their motor vehicles. You can meet with all the military personnel and there are booths set up, but it's typically um, representative of our Georgia National Guard and the Navy here and the Air Force. And it's just a really unique event. There's thousands of people that come. We always have a great turnout. And there's also food there too. So you can come hungry to that one as well. (laughs) Although those are, sounds like some really uh, great events for somebody to come and, and make some very important, you know, new introductions to people that could move your business forward, I would imagine. Very much so. And obviously being an expo exhibitor will, will, help you have a lot of exposure there in that way as well. Talk about uh, all the things that your company can do. Anybody anybody here at the at the table going to be at any of those by any chance? Yeah. I'll be at yeah, all of looks them. Like, looks I will like, be at all of them too. That's <laughs> we actually are exhibiting at the expo. That's great. Well, let's let's get into your company a little bit, Jeff. Sure. Talk, talk, to, talk about what your, what your business is all about in terms of the solution it provides and who Tim typically needs to link up with you. Well, that's a great question. And one of the reasons I kind of was attracted to this business is that literally every business that you see buys stuff that we sell. And so um, it can be a little overwhelming at times, you know, in the fact that we can service such a wide variety of of customers. But really, our focus is on the small to medium sized customer in the in the our area, which is Cobb County, Northwest Atlanta area. And so we're looking at customers that um, are companies, businesses that have anywhere from 20 to 150 employees is kind of our sweet spot where we provide the most value. And the reason that that's um, a good customer for us is when you look at the big box guys, the Staples and the Office Depots, they are really built to service the Fortune 100, Fortune 1000 companies, which they do really well. And when it comes to the small and medium-sized businesses, the, the the level of service and the level of customization that they can provide, it, it's just difficult for them to do that. And that's where we see a, a big opportunity for us to come in. And, you know, personal relationships are still very important in, in today's electronic world. Mm-hmm. Um, people still value those personal relationships, even if they don't see you face-to-face every day or every week. It's still nice to know you've got somebody that's accessible, that knows your business, can come in and provide and propose solutions that may help you save time, save money, and be more efficient at really doing something that is depends on who you talk to. There are some people that love ordering office supplies and love <laughs> that part of their job. There's a lot of people that don't. 
And so when you can come in and make that job really easy for them and take something really kind of off their plate that they don't really like to do anyways, um, it's very valuable. And so we kind of look at ourselves as procurement assistants um, when we come in. And depending on the situation, we can uh, come in and analyze the current processes. And many, many times we've been able to save companies thousands of dollars on stuff that they're buying that's unnecessary. Or we're able to consolidate the ordering process uh, so in, so that the person that's in charge of ordering the office supplies goes from spending eight hours a month to handling that process to less than an hour. And so those soft costs that companies save are really very valuable. And yeah, sometimes it's... business for sure. It is, for sure. And, and sometimes it's tough for them to see that or understand how much they're actually spending in the soft cost part of their business, not just the hard dollars. Now, is the model, is it mostly e-commerce, the, the way that you deliver your service, or is there brick and mortar also? Absolutely. And that's what helps us be very competitive is we have zero brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. It's all e-commerce driven. And so our website is, and, and that's really the opportunity that we saw in this marketplace is that you know, the big box guys have great websites. They have great technology. And what's interesting is the office supply industry is about a $200 billion industry, or it's probably more than that now. Those are old numbers, but it's big. If you think of Staples and Office Depot, everybody knows those guys. Mm-hmm. The mind share um, is about 90%, but the actual market share is about 30% that they have interesting. of the business. And so the rest of that is made up of small independent dealers out there. Mm-hmm that are in their local marketplace. And, um, you know, it's just very, very fragmented. And so the opportunity is to combine the model of the independent dealer with the technology of the big box guys. And that's what Officezilla is. We have a a world-class technology platform that gives our customers a world-class user experience that they would expect from a Staples or an Amazon or any of those big box guys. But then they get the added benefit of the franchisee in the marketplace that's building that personal relationship with them and taking care of them. And so you combine the best to both both worlds, and that's really what sets us apart. Talking with one of the principals of OfficeZilla, Jeff Curtis, and he's been sharing how they are trying to disrupt the office supply space using an e-commerce platform and a personalized approach. And on that, uh, Jeff, on the personalized relationship side of things that you talked about, I assume then that's where you really are investing is somebody that will actually come by my business, perhaps and interact with me and introduce me to the, the company and help me get things started and learn some strategies, I guess, where I can maybe begin to refine the process and save that money you were talking about. Absolutely. And it's, um, it's different in every business. So there's not a, just a template that you can apply to every single business. So there may be one business where they want us to come in once or twice a month and maybe even check their office supply inventory or sit down and talk with them or, or go over their um, past purchases. There's lots of businesses where the process is so automated. Once we have that initial meeting through our online system, through the procurement piece that we've added to our system, that it's not necessary for us to come by, and they don't really want us to come by. (laughs) Uh, They want to know that they can pick up the phone and call us and that we'll answer the phone and and be available when they need us Um, or if they're having a hard time finding something or if they have a special project that they need help with. um, That's really where we come in and spend time. 
And uh, beyond that, you know, once once that initial process um, of analysis and everything is set up, generally once a quarter we're sitting down face to face, just going over um, past purchase history and and what recommendations we can make going forward. Have you identified over time as you've been interacting with these small to mid sized businesses that you work with, kind of a set of places where you are now actually kind of looking early on in your discussions where that a lot of waste, if you would, or, or spending that maybe they could cut back on or change the way they go about it that starts to save them money that, that tend to be trouble spots? Yeah, the biggest area that we find are companies that have multiple departments or multiple locations, mm-hmm. and they have a very archaic, I guess, process for how they receive the request for orders and, and how they're placed. And so, for example, you've got one company that has 12 locations, well, if they're not set up with a procurement system electronically, they're sending emails to the person that's placing the order. They're picking up the phone and calling. The person that places the order is having to guess exactly what they meant. And it, there's a lot of time wasted, a lot of miscommunication, a lot of, of, lot of waste. And so we've developed a procurement system called My Office Manager, which is MOM is the acronym. <laughs> and so... Uh, what that does, it allows each customer the ability to to centralize or decentralize the ordering process however they want. So they can literally every customer in each of those locations can go online, place an order. It can be filtered through to the corporate office for the one person that's in charge to review those orders and just at a click of a button approve them, and then they they move on to Officezilla to be processed. And that is um, that's something that's very unique, especially in small, medium-sized businesses. They typically don't have that level of customization where we'll actually come in and coach them on how to use it, set it up completely for them through adding approved lists, favorite lists, everything that we can to make it super easy for them to order. I've done some operational roles in the past, and I, I was surprised in those days how you can really start leaking a fair amount of revenue through things like just careless purchase of mm-hmm. of items around the office from paper to pens, you, you name it. Even simple little items like that can really cause you to lose revenue that you didn't have to spend. So having something like this that ends up being a portal through which I can look across my business if I'm a multi-site business and actually see what's going on and really begin to run, find that down. Like you say, you can really start making some significant gains in terms of revenue that you were losing before. Absolutely. Um, so are there particular verticals that you tend to focus on as far as the types of businesses that you serve, or is it really more just uh, that small to mid-sized business? If they need supplies of whatever kind to drive their business, they're good to go. Yeah, I think the vertical specialization just kind of comes in from the customers that you acquire and learn their business. And so once you start working with one or two or three churches, you kind of learn that they all order the same kind of stuff all the time. Um, You know, really today, um, churches, and then I have a business partner, Dave Person, who owns a company called The School Box. And so you can imagine what he does and has done it for 26 years in the educational community Mm -hmm. with preschools, daycares, in churches. And so the educational space, the church space, my background is in financial services. So I tend to spend time with mortgage companies, banks, legal firms, Mm -hmm. and that type of thing as well. And so being an e-commerce platform primarily more than, than not, I assume then your, your area of operation where you serve clients is fairly broad or can be anyway. 
It absolutely can be. We are based in Kennesaw, Georgia, Marietta, Georgia. So we're a Cobb County-based company, and, we, and, and our geographic focus is in this area. But um, you're absolutely right. We have the ability to service customers anywhere in the lower 48 United States. And so our distribution system is set up so that if you know we've got a customer based here that's got locations in other states, we can service any uh, or we can deliver our products via overnight delivery to 98 percent of the U.S. population. So as, if your order is placed by 4 p.m., you get it the next day, whether you're here in Cobb County, Georgia, or you're out in California. I was curious, you, when you started talking a little bit about the competitive landscape, how how it is for a, a business like yours, I, I guess I would call it a small to mid-sized business, to compete with the big box guys who are all about price. You know, It's all mm-hmm. about getting the pin down to the cheapest that it can possibly be and really selling on that as much as anything. How does that affect you? I, I assume it's probably less than I was originally thinking when you talked about the fact that they only have around 30% of the overall market share. Mm-hmm. So price may not be everything, sounds like. Well, well, price is important, obviously. Um, and people are you know, looking to make sure that they're paying the right thing for their products. It is, um, especially on the day-to-day office supplies and the common items, pricing is pretty similar, you know, throughout the industry. Staples and Office Depot have, uh, they spend millions and millions of dollars daily through uh, their online and e-commerce business. And part of that is they change the pricing multiple times a day on the website. So, Mm. You know, a customer may come in and, and order a box of file folders at 9 a.m. in the morning. It could be $5, and that if they waited till 4 o'clock that afternoon, it might be $8. It's like a roulette wheel. So, they, <laughs> so, they, so from a pricing standpoint, they're very scientific on how they go about it, and they, they tend to play, and this is not unique to the office supply industry. Every industry is kind of like this, that where they play the shell game. So if you're getting a really low price for something, you're probably paying a higher price for something else because right. they've got to make a certain amount of money at the end of the day. So we really just come in and try to be very transparent with our customers and say, here's our pricing. We want to give you the best possible pricing. We don't want to change pricing daily for you. We want you to get the price that you expect to get um, and that we promise to give you. And um, one of the ways that we can compete on price is the fact that we are partnered with the largest wholesale supplier of office products in the country. So it's a $5 billion Fortune 500 company. And uh, they have anywhere from $600 million to $900 million of inventory on hand at any one given time throughout their distribution network. And so that allows us and that gives us the leverage that we need to be able to compete from a product selection standpoint and from a price standpoint in the marketplace. And the fact that we don't have any brick and mortar stores, so we don't have that overhead to deal with, um, and Staples and Office Depot have a lot of that that they're dealing with. Where do folks go to get linked up with Officezilla? The best place to go is officezilla.com forward slash the box. And that is, um, you can go to officezilla.com as well. And there's a there's an option there to choose my name, Jeff Curtis, um, when, once you register. Uh, but you can go there and our pricing is there on the website, Every you know all of our products and uh, feel free to, contact me with any questions. 
Awesome. And Aaron, we were talking earlier a little bit about Georgia Craft. To talk a little bit more about it. I think it's cool. Your mission is similar in terms of we're trying to facilitate business growth for the, the local economy and, and you're doing the same for Georgia-based businesses. I think it's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, I um, I actually launched the company um, about two and a half years ago at this point. And really the idea was generated I guess you would say by a passion for shopping local and trying to figure out a way to really push and promote small local businesses. And so when I launched the company, we actually did it in a way that was pretty trendy at the time. Um, And that was really through a subscription box model. So you could sign up for a Georgia Crafted Box of the Month Club to, you know, buy it, where every month receive a box of four, anywhere from four to six Georgia-made products, you know, all centered pretty much around a theme. An example of a theme would be um, one that we sent out last month was, um, actually earlier this month was, you know, Hello Spring. And so our subscribers were able to receive five different products that were all centered around spring. There's a, um, a growing, a salsa growing kit. Uh, it's actually a woman in Covington and she puts together these amazing egg crates that contain six different packets of seeds that are all centered around salsa. So it could be chipotle peppers, cilantro, you know, things that you might associate with, um, with salsa. There would also be a local honey, um, you know, I think of spring in Atlanta and I think of dogwoods. Well, I can't give you a dogwood tree, <laughs> but I can give you a piece of chocolate in the shape of Georgia with a white chocolate dogwood flower on it, you know, just to promote a small local chocolate company. And so that's really how we started. And um, while we still offer subscriptions, we really more are more focused on um themed gift boxes. So if you need a gift and you need it quickly, um, you want to put thought into it, but you don't necessarily have the time to piece together what products are good for mom, dad, friend, family, client member, whoever it is. Um, We offer themed gift boxes. So an example would be maybe Southern Hospitality. That would include a black bean, um, an amazing farm to table black bean salsa some cheese straws from Statesboro, um, a kitchen towel that says, um, it has an image of the state of Georgia and it says on my mind in the middle of it, and then a peach candle. There's also, at this point, we have an online store with over 100, there's about 120 or so different Georgia-made products. And the purpose of the online store is for people to come back online. Maybe they've received a Georgia Crafted Box. Um, A great example is we have a Flavor of Georgia uh, gift box. Austin and his um, Sinclair sauce is featured in that gift box. And I had a customer call me last week and she said, you know, I received a flavor of Georgia gift box from my bank from Christmas and I want more. How do I get it? I said, well, you could just go on to georgiacrafted.com. And so she proceeded to order four more bottles of Sinclair sauce, some for her, one for her brother and one for a friend. She thought it was amazing. So You know, the online store is really for people to kind of, you know, purchase more products or even for them to build their own gift box. So maybe you want to control your budget a little bit differently. Um, The themed gift boxes are all around $32.99, and that includes shipping. So maybe you want to spend a little bit less or you want to spend a little bit more. The online store allows you to do that. But everything is made right here in Georgia. So how do you find your artisans that are creating these products for you that i mean in terms of i'm sure now that you've been around a little bit the word is getting out a little bit in the small business community that this is available as a 
particular channel that that someone might be able to build their business around. But how do you find these folks? Um, that's a great question. So when I originally started, it was just through a lot of online research. Um, not too long after I launched, I formed a wonderful relationship with the Georgia Department of Agriculture. They have a program, which I think is amazing. <clears throat> Austin is actually a member of it, and it's called Georgia Grown. And so once I formed an alliance with them, I mean, I will, you know, if I'm struggling, I'm trying to figure out why well, I really need something, let's say in the spring category, and I'm racking my brain and I have one product in mind, but I don't know how to find it. I pick up the phone and call the group and, you know, the folks at Georgia Grown. Uh, they also, you know, have been wonderful to me and, you know, emailing out and doing articles about Georgia Crafted. And so I, I get calls almost every day. Um, emails, phone calls from small local artisans from around the state who are looking to get their product either into a Georgia Crafted box or onto the website. We've been talking with Erin Zweigart, founder of a company called Georgia Crafted. And as she was describing, they serve the the community by providing them with access to really cool gift boxes and, and packages, different products that are created by folks from here in Georgia. Uh, actually have one of the product manufacturers uh, and creators right here with us in the studio today. What 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 brought you to, to launch this company? What, what was your background leading up to the launch of Georgia Crafted? So I, um, I worked for a marketing company, a marketing agency for nearly 13 years prior to me leaving and launching Georgia Crafted. My husband and I um, really wanted to start our own business. And we had endless, endless conversations around, let's start our own company. And finally, it was one night um, just almost three years ago where this conversation came up again. And I finally said, listen, I don't want to sound like an idiot, but I don't know what that means. And really, it's because I didn't know, you know, were we looking to buy a franchise? Were we looking to, you know, invent a product? I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And over a glass of wine that night, Georgia Crafted was born. Um, and it really just came from me having a passion about, you know, supporting small local businesses and really trying to figure out a cool way to do that. And after doing, you know, a little bit of research the very next day at work, I, um, <laughs> you know, I, um, I discovered there really was nothing like this out there. You would find gift basket companies that may have a Georgia theme, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the products were made here in Georgia. And, you know, shopping local really, I mean, while of course it was always, it's always been a big deal in the last two to three years, it's become a much bigger deal. And it's just, I want to be an outlet, you know, and a whole nother avenue for artisans like Austin, you know, to be able to get their product into the hands of people around the country. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's really rewarding to be doing that, uh, to be a distribution channel for businesses like this located locally, being able to sell globally through access to a channel like yours. Are you finding feedback from businesses like Austin and Hunters here, for example, with us in the studio about how they're putting some measure of focus now around your channel is one of the ways that they really like to try to get their product out there? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, for a lot of these smaller local artisans, they don't necessarily have, you know, the bandwidth. They're they're new to the market, too. A lot of these companies, they've just launched their product. I mean, when I met Austin last July, well, no, I'm sorry, actually last February at the Flavor of Georgia competition, he was just coming out with his product. So for me to be able to come in at that, you know, good opportunity and say, listen, I'm here. I can, you know, help you get your product out in the market. I want to go ahead and buy X amount of cases for a shipment that we have going out. You know, it's 
you know, I don't have numbers to it. Austin can talk about that. But um, I, you know, I think that I've become a really good resource for these people. And just again, a whole nother sales channel. It's not just too about selling through the website. And it's not just about our gift boxes. You know, I joined the Cobb Chamber at this point about a year and a half ago. And that was really to help launch the corporate gifting side of our business. I had done a little bit of, you know, I had a few clients that we would do corporate gift boxes for at the holidays, but I really wanted to help businesses, you know, be able to send gifts throughout the year to their clients with a Georgia focus. And so, you know, Austin is a great example where, you know, I have a gift box that we're putting together a theme for, and I can say, Hey, listen, I have a company that's looking to have a marinade. You know, they want to send a marinade to 150 of their customers. I'd love to, you know, purchase that product and have it in our gift box. So now with, with your business, Obviously, a lot of it sounds like it's focused heavily on consumer mm-hmm. purchases. Are, have you looked as a as a possibility in terms of being a, a place where, say, we were talking before we went on the air, how uh, Austin and, and Hunter ultimately like to try to get their products sold in, say, the Whole Foods of the world? Do you see yourself maybe being a bridge to some of those types of businesses as well? Or, or do you think you're going to stay focused on the well, you know, I've thought about it. It's um, I, I have looked in going into more of a distribution route, if you will, for some of these businesses and helping them get their products, you know, into stores. Um, we've started with one particular product I had um, manufactured actually for a gift box I was doing in collaboration with the Department of Tourism, the Georgia Department of Tourism. We had a gift box that came out last year and it was all centered around what's called, it was hashtag Georgia Eats, which was a their big push last year. So I had a, um, I found a company that would put together a bamboo cheese board in the shape of Georgia. And I really, I mean, while I had it put together for and made for this particular gift box, it's now actually a product that I am, you know, getting into stores around, you know, really around the state, hopefully maybe in the Southeast. And so that's really more of, that's so far the only product, you know, that we're looking to do that with. Down the road, it's not to say that we won't have more of a distribution, you know, line, if you will. And as far as when I order, how how quickly can I get my products, do you think? So I had customers who ordered this morning and their products, you know, their gift boxes are already at the post office at this point. Typically, if you order, um, I usually say by 1 p.m., then I will, as long as the products are in stock and they should be, um, then the boxes are out the door, you know, typically same day. We ship everything via uh, USPS priority mail. And so depending on their location, products will arrive anywhere from one to three business days. And you were talking about the fact that you became familiar with the gentleman with us uh, to your side here uh, with their cool product. You want to introduce them to us because they're part of your lineup, if you will? Yeah, of course. Um, so I, I actually met Austin just, I guess it was in February of last year at the 2015 Flavor of Georgia Food Competition. And um, I'm going to turn the mic over. They, I want these guys to talk about Sinclair Sauce and what it's all about and what they're doing. Okay. Turn it over. Well, Sinclair sauce is more than a sauce, but a solution. (laughs) So pretty much Sinclair started in the UGA dorm rooms of Austin Johnson, who's my older brother, as well as the CEO, Brandon Bath, is also the CEO of Sinclair's Incorporated. So everything in our bottle you can pronounce. It starts off sweet, then it changes to a little bit of spice, then it turns to a tanginess and then fades away to a savory finish. And the sweetness is from apples, the spice is from horseradish. Everything... Mm, really, our our goal right now is to move away from retail, which is your most people tell us to go into 
grocery stores, your Whole Foods, your yeah. Publix, Kroger's. But really what we want to do is not invent a new wheel, but pretty much add to an old one. So we'll become the expansion of the R&D program for your Heinz, your Kraft, where their goal is they're trying to sell their sauces to your Chick-fil-A Zaxby's, and they always need a new cutting-edge sauce, but it's not easy coming up with them. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to pretty much give them more tools for the toolbox, what I said earlier, where we come up with the sauce, we propose it to them, and then since they already have the connections, the funding, the the workspaces, they're going to then propose it to their to their um, clientele, and this is going to keep their manufacturers in front of their in front of their competition. So that's the goal for Sinclair's. And and introduce folks to the story behind the company because I think that's a good thing for for people to know about you because very much grassroots business started, you know, like a lot of businesses do uh, in the in the back room, if you will, in this case, in a dorm room, um, coming up with an idea and just putting it into motion and introducing it to some folks and finding out that, wow, it's actually kind of popular. Maybe we should do something with this. And as much as that sounds like, as Austin was telling the story earlier, it was almost, you were almost pulled into business basically by people who were trying the, the, the sauces you were making for them. So, right. Um, I was majoring, I was, uh, this time last year, I was actually a senior at the University of Georgia, majoring in international affairs with a minor in Chinese. I know this is totally <laughs> left field from the career I went into, but um, as Aaron was saying, I, I was able to represent UGA at Flavor of Georgia. People start tasting it. People start raving about it. It was like, hey, you got to make this sauce. So as time progressed, I couldn't stay in my dorm room and keep making the sauce. So I, I moved out, got a cold packer, started getting it manufactured for me, and then it became an official licensed condiment of the University of Georgia. Man, that's very cool. So now for you and your family, or are you all foodies? Do you all like to do a lot of cooking and that kind of stuff? Is that what the story is, how this came about? Of course. Well, actually, funny thing is um, a lot of people, after they taste it, they always go, well, is that your grandma's recipe? Yeah. Which is which is a great, this is a great compliment. Yeah. But no, I made it myself. I, I actually started this to impress the ladies. Yeah. So that's how come I started <laughs> that, cooking that, back you know. in college. <laughs> and, uh, and obviously, uh, it, off it has taken and now here you are. And, and I think it's an interesting path that you're choosing because I, I, a while back, I watched a show that was uh, about very small businesses like this that are launching the concept that I was uh, familiar with in that particular program was a woman that was creating some handcrafted ice creams that were very, very unique and very flavorful, very, very good, just like you're describing with your own product. And the challenge for them as a small business trying to go straight to the Whole Foods, for example, was this balance between, as you talked about, you've linked up with a cold packer, having access to that, being able to actually produce the product and buy the supplies that were necessary to, to produce it, there was this balancing act where the big order almost put them out of business trying to, because <laughs> Whole Foods tried it. They said, yes, we want it. Now, now it was like, oh my gosh, how are we going to pay for this? Mm. Um, and, and so in a way, you're actually protecting yourself from that exposure and being able to instead produce the the product. It's, it's, you're, you're going more down the path of intellectual property more than um, actually being at risk for all the production line, all the things that go along with that, you're going to the company that's producing it and saying, hey, we've got a great product that would make a great addition to your lineup. 
<laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> and so I think it's really cool that you got your your brother here involved, Hunter, who is, as he was talking about, still involved in high school and that you're in the process now of building a brand. How do you balance that, Hunter? Um, really? I'm really good with balancing it, actually. Um, after school, I do my homework and then I devote all my time to Sinclair. So that means I'm going to an event in Tucker or helping out some with letters, even cleaning up just just different things, I'm going to find a way to balance it. That's just a great thing about me. Now, are, you, <laughs> now, are you turning into a bit of a celebrity in high school now? Because you're, you're in business now. Actually, yes. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> I walk around school with a bottle of sauce always because you never know who you're going to see. At school, people always stop me in the hallways like, wow, you have a sauce. It's so inspiring. So I love the exposure that I get as well as I'm always trying to promote the brand because that's what brand ambassadors do. So if it's just putting stickers on lockers, I will do it. (laughs) (laughs) Brothers Austin and Hunter Johnson talking about how they got started in their artisanal sauce business, uh, come up with a recipe that was very, very popular with the folks they introduced it to. Where did Sinclair's sauce come from since we're Johnson's? It's actually Austin Sinclair's middle name. Okay. All right. So there's a tie in there. I was curious if there was uh, either a family friend that you all had really admired or what the case was there. So that makes that makes sense. Now, you say you have a number of different sauces that you're providing. So this was just born out of stuff that you would be tinkering at home, making your own barbecue or or meats or whatever that you were making. And you just tried to come up with some sauces that you liked. Yeah. Well, yes, um, it really started with me with sandwiches. Right. It's like, how did you Oh, that's start? what you eat when you're in college, right? Exactly. So I started off with sandwiches. And then the real stamp of approval was when I went down to the local hot dog man that, that serves every college student hot dogs. And I had him try. And he was like, you're on to something. Keep it going. So at that point, I said, hey, I need to make more sauces and keep keep it going. So so what what's the breadth of the lineup now in terms of the different types that you that you're offering? Well, we have an array. This one is made majorly with apples, but our our premium comment that we have right now is called musabi. It's infused with honey and is a modern twist on the traditional wasabi. So it's great for an array of items from your regular American cuisine to even your Asian Japanese cuisine. So we're trying to cover the whole board with a spectrum of sauces. So what has what has a hab, having access to Georgia Crafted done for you? Have you found that that's starting to oh, help yes. you guys? Exposure. We have a lot of people call us and tell us, hey, yeah, we we bought from Georgia Crafted. How can we get more? Because if, if they already have, you know, boxes and they just want more sauce, you know, they don't want to spend an extra $40 or $20 to get a whole nother box for a bottle of sauce. But from the exposure standpoint, I would have never even been able to connect with them. So Aaron and Georgia Crafted has definitely given me the platform to succeed. Well, and now I will say you can buy the Sinclair sauce on GeorgiaCrafted.com. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, and now wh- what's the reception been like for you gentlemen as you're starting to approach the, say, the craft foods of the world and different sauce makers, whether, you know, they're large or, you know, or smaller that are producing that, that would you would be calling on to say, hey, we want you to add Sinclair sauce to, as part of your lineup. How's that reception been for you? Um, It's a lot of work starting <laughs> off. Um, it takes a lot of work to get in front of them. But after you get in front of them and they taste it, they like it. 
And if they like it, now you're in business. So at that point, they have to go and keep talking amongst their team because no team is real, no successful team is really built upon one individual. Mm -hmm. So they have to go talk amongst their team. And at that point, you then move forward. But the hardest part is getting in front of them, which if you have a great product, you just tend to be able to do that. Right. <laughs> so how does that model work for you if on that side of things? Clearly, if, through Georgia Crafted, that's uh, when we sell a bottle, we make X dollars. But when it comes to a relationship with a large manufacturer like that, where, as we talked about, it's really more on the intellectual property side, I'm providing you with right. the recipe. Um, in that case, do you have to hand over the, the recipe itself or do you how, how do you well, how does it get over into their side where the, they're manufacturing on the large scale but there's three there's three ways to go about it either they can buy in which is them just buy the sauce like you said the recipe off me and that's of course this home run because you just get a lump sum of money and you get to go make more sauce or you can do commission so they'll present the condiments um, to, let's say, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A will use it. However much sauce they use, we get a percentage off of the condiment usage or contracts. We make three three sauces. We get X amount of dollars. So those are the three options we can go about that with, uh, with that route. And are you going to stick with sauces? Is that the primary focus, I no. guess, for you? Or are you going to go into some <laughs> no, other food products? The sauces are just the, the door to get us in the door. Um, we're also looking at French, see, that's the thing. With condiments, people think condiments are always just wet. Condiments are anything. You yeah, dry rubs. In, yeah. Rubs. So we're looking at French fry seasoning. Because imagine going to your local fat, uh, local Zaxby's and they say, hey, try this new French fry seasoning on our crinkle cut fries. That's going to drive interest in sales. And that's why we're so important. But um, <laughs> we're looking at that. We're looking at, um, I don't want to say cheeses because it's not cheese, but different things along the lines of cheeses, chutneys. So it's a, it's a, a endless, it's based really on my creativity. So there's endless options, possibilities at hand. And I know hot sauces are wildly popular as well and getting crazy uh, kinds of different sauces, but it's interesting that um, condiments is certainly big business nowadays, particularly when it's artisanally crafted mm -hmm. like that, small batch feel and that kind of thing. You feel like you're getting someone's family mm -hmm. recipe, a personal recipe rather than just something out of a lab. Exactly. <laughs> so I can see where there's a lot of appeal and, and doing so here in Georgia, for example, and being a locally produced product, I can see where there's some measure of value in that for you as well. And just throwing one quick thing, I'm, I'm pretty sure Hunter covered this, but everything on our label you can pronounce. So now eating doesn't have to be a guilty pleasure because <laughs> as you know, if, for instance, if you take one tablespoon of ranch, it has 11 grams of fat in it. Mm. And that most barbecue sauces are filled with sodium, high fructose corn syrup, and other preservatives that just make it not worth eating. But like I said, Sinclair's is committed to all natural ingredients because we understand the connection between natural food and how it tastes. I know they can go to Georgia Crafted and, and order it there. Are there other channels where someone can go and get access to the product as well? Online, um, but I prefer Georgia Crafted. Okay. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, before we run out of time, I wanted to get over and talk to, to Beth about Rome and the, the way they're serving the business community. So let's get into talking about how my small business can benefit by linking up with you. Thank you. That's a hard act to follow, though, by the way. Um, but I totally enjoyed it and was inspired by what you all have done. Um, so what Rome is, basically, is an innovative co-working facility where entrepreneurs 
um, or small business people or people that work for large corporate companies and are told they can work virtually from anywhere, they come and work out of our space. And that is a membership-driven piece to our business. So you become a member. It's month to month. You're only committed to two months up front. Then it goes month to month. You can come in and out whenever you'd like. That's part of our business. And then the second piece of our business is we're an innovative meeting facility. So I call on any corporation, association, anybody that would want to have an offsite meeting, um, a place where they can bring people together, whether it's a client, employees, to inspire them, to um, collaborate and focus and in a different atmosphere than they're used to outside of the office, outside of distractions. So that's what we do. Um, but you do not have to be a member to have a meeting at our facility. So that's why I said we have a two-purpose business, because one side is membership-driven to work out of our space, and the other side is just to come and have a meeting, whether it's two hours, six hours, eight hours type thing. And what's the property like? Are they? It, we're in a Regis property here today um, where where our office is located in the studio, but is it similar? Is it is it office type facilities that you're purchasing and then purposing for what you do or, or are they freestanding? No. Um, what it is, is a very innovative space, very non-traditional like. So when you walk into the space, it's very open, very modern. There's music playing in the background. Some people say we're a large coffee shop. We don't like to call us ourselves a coffee right. shop, but we do have a cafe. Yeah. So people can come in and order a cup of coffee and sit in the front of the community space, which is free. Then once you walk into the space, you're a member or you're there for a meeting or you're a guest of a member. Um, so you'll find tables, individual tables out in an open area. You'll see booths, large, long tables, small tables, couches, chairs, that type of thing. Then we have um, about anywhere from seven to 10 breakout rooms that service five people to nine people. Those are rented hourly, and most of our members use that on a daily basis. So let's say you're a member there and you have a client that you need to meet with for two hours. You would go and reserve one of those breakout rooms for two hours at an hourly rate. Then we have larger space, which is where I come into play, and I rent um, boardroom style type rooms and large training rooms. So anywhere from 10 people up to 175 people oh, wow. in our space. Who do you find is your typical customer base? Who who really benefits from having access to this type of facility? So two, two different types of people, really. Um, people, like I said, that can work virtually, that don't have the brick and mortar, that don't want to spend that kind of money. And they work out of their home on a daily basis, but they don't want to be home seven days a week, 24 hours a day. They want to be out with people, you know, meeting with people, collaborating with people. So they want to come into a space where they feel energized um, and inspired. So those are the types of people that would work out of our space. And then as far as the meeting space itself, um, I call on meeting planners, uh, executive assistants, training managers, um, business development managers, anybody that would have a need to use that kind of space. And so Rome is locally based, sounds it like. It is locally based. We have four locations. Uh, first one was Alpharetta. Second one was Dunwoody. Third was Galleria. And we just opened Buckhead about a month ago. Now, were the folks that uh, got into starting Rome, were they from this kind of arena to begin with? I know that over the last few years in particular, you're really starting to see a rise as technology in Atlanta, for example, is really moving. And I know a lot of those types of companies use this type of property to build their business. But 
How did it how did it come to be? That's a great question. Um, there were about six business professionals that worked for a large corporation, I will not name, mm-hmm. um, in the Atlanta area, and they were told work from home. We don't need to, you know, what you do, you don't have to be in an office space. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to pay for that. And they met every day at a coffee shop. And they sort of came up with this concept, not what it is exactly today, but the beginnings of this concept. And they got several or many investors involved. Um, And then a year later, it turned out to be what Rome is today with two investors. So it did start with people that were working virtually and working from home. Didn't want to be at home every day. So they all got together. They worked for the same company and they came up with the beginning of this concept. And so how do you see people typically utilizing the spaces? Do you, do you see the the usual business being there just for a couple of hours? Uh, for example, if you look at me, I've got shows here, you know, one day a week. Uh, so I'm here most of a Tuesday doing shows all day, mm-hmm. but I may not be in the office much after that. Uh, uh, is that how you see it in in the Rome spaces? Yes, as well? exactly. And there are, there are members that come in every single day into Rome Galleria or whatever property. And then there's some that may come once a month, once a week. And the real value for the members is once you're a member of Rome, you can go in and out of four locations. So let's say you live in Alpharetta. So you stop in there. You might go there twice that week, but you're going to have an appointment in Buckhead. So then you're going to go to Buckhead and you have a key fob and you just walk in because you're a member. Uh, so, so they're secured, obviously, then based yes. on what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I've got to wave my key fob to be able to get access. Yes. Now, uh, from the scheduling perspective, is there a technology platform or like an online booking uh, system of some kind that I'm using? Or am I just getting on the phone to, to book my space? How do I, how so do I book time? For meeting space, and you're not a member, um, you would just go on www.meetatrome.com. And you go to the book it, to the meeting rooms and you can click on the meeting rooms, look at them, see what what type of setup that they're available for. And my email or whatever um, property you go to has a different salesperson for each property. And you click on that and the email goes directly to us if you want to rent that space. If you want to rent smaller space, you can call directly to that location and rent out that room. And from a from a cost perspective, how does it compare to if... If I'm paying for a, you know, something like this, I've got an, I've got a studio with essentially an office space Mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm paying for 30 days a month. How does the cost compare for my membership? Because I'm sure that when you start looking at the difference between having a a brick and mortar space that you're Mm -hmm. paying for 30 days a month. That it's got to be a big cost savings for that small business to use a space like yours on a monthly subscription basis. Um, First of all, our hours of operation are 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. for most of our members um, and meeting facility. And you start with a $99 per month for that's our base membership and goes up to $500 a month, depending on what avenue you take. We also have dedicated offices at each property except for Buckhead, um, where those people have 24-hour access seven days a week. So we have seven at the Galleria property. So those are all, actually, we have one available right now, but those are rented. Those are anywhere from $1,400 to $1,800 a month, depending. Still very nice rates. But a basic, if you were um, an entrepreneur and you wanted to just have the basic membership, it's $99 per month with a $35 activation fee. (laughs) And we copy, fax, do whatever you'd like at the front desk. You don't have a set phone, so it's not like an office type like that. But any other um, 
you know, any assistance that you need at the front desk as far as copying and faxing, that type of thing, we handle that for you. And I'm sure that being part of the Cobb County Chamber of Commerce has helped this particular business in terms of getting the word out about its availability. It's yes, been a great thing for you, I would imagine. They have done a wonderful job. Um, I come from a chamber background, so I really wanted to join Cobb Chamber right away. And I did, and they have been wonderful in sending people our way, especially entrepreneurs, um, in addition to meeting planners. When people call them and say, we, you know, we want to have a meeting. Can we rent space? And they're like, no, but call the Rome, Rome Galleria. <laughs> but it's been great. And I love meeting people there. Meet at Rome. And, and as, as she was saying, it is R-O-A-M, Beth Summers of Rome, with us in the studio sharing information about how they serve the small to mid-sized business with access to a meeting space, whether you need a conference room for a period of time or you just want to have a professional atmosphere where you can go and conduct a meeting, make a nice impression on your client or client-to-be um, and do so without having to break the bank on Absolutely. paying for real estate where you can park an office. Absolutely. Anything else we need to get out for you what, before we let you get back to your day? Our hour goes by so fast when we have I a know. room Please full Please come visit. Call me. Um, we'd love for you to come and, and check us out and try us out for a day. So that's www.meetatrome.com. And I am very, very excited to be here working with the Cobb County Chamber of Commerce and, and we'll be uh, broadcasting periodically from events, coming around doing man on the street type interviews at some of the events. We'll have to come out to the expo, for example, and, and see if we can't meet some of the folks that are in attendance there. And Cobb County, Cobb County Chamber, or it's Cobb Chamber, Dot org. Um, yes, sir. Cobbchamber.org is a website for the Cobb County Chamber. There's a site there, as I said, that uh, you can get access to the calendar, see all the cool events that Ashley was talking about earlier and get yourself scheduled for those. Some of those you need to be a member. Some of them you don't. Um, and everybody else here in the studio, Jeff, uh, Austin and Hunter, and of course, Aaron uh, of Georgia Craft, I want to say thank you all very much for making time. I think your stories are very cool and I uh, look forward to seeing you all later at some of these events as we show up. If you've listened to the podcast, if you've not done so already, in the upper left-hand corner of the show page, you'll see the Apple logo there. That'll take you over to the iTunes store, to the Midtown Business Radio Show podcast. Subscribe to us. So that way, each week, you'll get the new da- uh, new episode downloaded straight to your device for the ride to work or walking the dog, whatever the case may be. <laughs> we hope that you turn around and share this information with your network. So you might just put some information in their hands that ends up helping their business or their personal life, whatever the case may be. So we want to say thanks in advance for doing that for us. And all the folks out there who made us a part of their day today, we want to say thank you very much. And to all of you here in studio, I really enjoyed getting a chance to meet you, make an appointment to see us same time, same place next week. We'll see you then.